And we are back. Welcome back to another episode of the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse. On this episode, we're going to talk about Bengals training camp week number three. The Bengals and Packers are taking on each other in the preseason game on Friday, and they had joint practices happening this week, Wednesday and Thursday. So I'll recap that and also talk about Logan Wilson's much-deserved contract extension. And then also we'll talk about the Cincinnati Reds, the ailing and falling Cincinnati Reds, as I did not want to predict that, but I kind of did. We'll talk about that later on the podcast. But first, let's talk about our Cincinnati Bengals and linebacker Logan Wilson last week. And now, usually I'm a guy that is pretty much on social media because I am either tracking my teams, trying to figure out if there's any news that I need to like report on when I record this episode of the podcast. I had no idea that Logan Wilson had his contract extension. It happened Friday night. And come to find out, I wasn't even on, formerly known as Twitter, is now called the X app, which is absolutely stupid. But I had no idea that the Bengals gave Logan Wilson a contract extension. I had to find out by my good friend Tommy when I saw him last weekend that the Bengals signed Logan Wilson to an extension deal. I was like, wait, what? When, when I, well, I was like, wait, when did this happen? And he's like, it happened on Friday. Shout out to Tommy. But I was like, wow. So t- <laughs> that tells you that when Jesse doesn't know that those type of things are happening, that's a problem. So I was very shocked but very excited because linebacker Logan Wilson deserves this extension. Four years, $37.25 million. What a great deal. That will keep him in the Orange and Stripes uniform through 2027. Logan Wilson was a steal in the 2020 NFL draft from the third round out of Wyoming. And so far in his three seasons in Cincy, Logan Wilson has some really good numbers. 248 tackles, 157 solo, four and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 11 passes defended. And this is the stat that really gets me right here. Seven interceptions. This guy had four picks in 2021. So not only Logan Wilson's a tackling machine, He can also be a ball hockey machine as well. And Bengals defensive corner Luana Rimmer said about Wilson. He said, we're very happy to extend Logan, who has been one of the leaders of our defense, said Luana Rimmer. It allows us to keep one of the best tandems of linebackers together by extending both him and also Jermaine Pratt, who the Bengals re-signed during the offseason in believe the signing happened around May or June, but Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL. You can say that they're the best. They're both really good at tackling, and they both like to force turnovers, and they're very athletic given the linebacker statue of the NFL. So great to hear that Logan Wilson got that contract extension. 
And this could open up potentially down the road for T. Higgins' contract extension. We're waiting on that. And then obviously Joe Burr's much-anticipated deal that will happen before the season, okay? I've been saying that, well, I thought it was going to happen before training camp and then Joe hurt his calf. But before week one, we're going to hear finally Joe Burr's contract extension. But once again, congratulations to Logan Wilson. Much deserved. And I will give him a standing ovation for that because it is well deserved. All right. So other training camp notes. Now, last week, Bengals... Right guard Alex Kappa, who came to the team last year in free agency from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, great, great offensive lineman, one of the best in his position in the NFL. Unfortunately, he got hurt toward the latter part of the season, and he didn't play for the AFC title game or the Bills game, so that was unfortunate. But Alex Kappa, he left practice last Sunday with an injury, and... They're saying that he's going to be okay. He is back on back on the field. So that was good news. When I heard that report, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm telling you guys, training camp, I love it because that means we're one step closer to football. But, man, there's so many injuries. And you, you know that's going to happen. But, damn, man, some of the injuries to the key positions on any team is so deflating. But... I'm glad that Kappa is going to be okay and that he was back on practice field this week. And that's good. Now, you guys are probably wondering, well, Jesse, is there an update on Joe Burr's calf? Yes. And I'll get to that real shortly. But Jamar Chase, wide receiver, wide receiver number one on the team. He talked about how his guy, he wants Joe Burr to be 100% healthy during this season. And I think some people, when they when I'm about to read this quote from Chase, they misheard him. And I knew what Jamar was trying to say. So this is what he said about Joe. He said, we'll be okay as long as he's there for the end of the season. He said, we're, we're worried about the big picture. That's what we're trying to win here. And he's right. And I think some people are saying, well, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. What, what, are you, what are you trying to say, Jamar? Like, is he going to be out for week one in Cleveland? Wait, he's going to be out for the first four games of the season? Five, six? Like, oh, my gosh. We have to deal with Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning? No, no, no. Some of you guys need to, like, actually read the quote. Do not jump into conclusions right away. You need to, like, really listen to what Jamar is saying. He wants Joe Burrow, and I believe the whole team want Joe Burrow to be good to go, like 100% as we get into December and January in the playoffs. We want number nine to be healthy, 100% healthy, okay? That's what Jamar Chase was saying. And he was talking to the media this weekend. He's like... He knew that he was like, he's like, I knew you guys were going to spin that quote around thinking that, oh, no, we're, you know what? Joe misses like time during the season. Then eh, we'll be fine. No, we'll, we're, he's just saying that he wants this guy to be like 100% ready to go. No, 
No potential re-injury to the calf. No injuries. No, no. 100%. Because the goal here for the Bengals in 2023 is to win the damn Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl or bust for this team. And I know that's big expectations, but that's what it's going to be. As long as Joe Burr is the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals are always going to be Super Bowl contenders. So you want your quarterback to be healthy throughout the season. Okay? That's what Jamar Chase was saying. Now, we'll talk about Joe Burr here shortly, but he was spotted in practice on Wednesday. Well, during the Bengals and Packers practice scrimmage the joint practices they had and Joe Burrow has a he had a sleeve in that right calf area that he injured 14 days ago well there were two weeks removed from that injury which is crazy man I'm telling you time goes by real real quick and I think Joe looks good he was walking around no limp and I'm not a doctor but I think he's I think he's fine but you know what you gotta be you gotta be precaution. You gotta he's gonna continue to get treatment and he's obviously still in the weight room and head coach Jack Taylor said it's gonna be several weeks. But some Bengal fans are saying, well, what does several weeks mean? Like what? He's gonna be out for like two months? No, like you guys really are taking things way out of proportion, okay? Joe Burr will be back, okay? And it's probably he might be back for week one. I don't know. His status for week one is uncertain, but I I really believe that he's going to be the starting quarterback for that Browns game on September 10th. But we'll see. Take it one day at a time, and if he continues to heal up that calf injury, he's going to be okay. Let's see, other camp notes that I've written down. So Charlie Jones, the Bengals' fourth-round pick out of Purdue, who is scheduled to be the Bengals' kick returner, punt return game, receiver. So he was back on the field on Monday after injuring his left shoulder last week. At first, it did not look good. I'm like, here we go, these camp injuries. But Charlie Jones was very excited that, you know, the injury wasn't, you know, that severe and he was able to get back on the field this past week. So, Good news on that because I have a good feeling that Charlie Jones will be an impact player on this team this year. Also, Brad Robbins, Bengals punter that they drafted out of Michigan in the, I believe, fifth or sixth round. I believe that's who the Bengals, that's that's where the Bengals drafted Robbins. But either way, this guy was bombing punts on Monday and you love to see it. I love Drew Christman. I love what he did. I, he just doesn't, whenever he punts the ball, it's not really a lot of hang time. Brad Robbins, if you see some clips on social media, when he's punting the ball, there's a there's hella hang time. And I'm like, let's go. That's what, the, that's what the Bengals need, man. And they didn't have that with Chrisman in the AFC title game against the Chiefs. And that, it didn't cost them a game, but it gave the Chiefs good field position in their last drive. That they ended up winning the game, unfortunately. Now, other camp stuff that I think I didn't talk about this two weeks ago, but the Bengals 
drafted a receiver out of Princeton, out of the Ivy League, Andrea Isavis. He is performing well. I definitely, most definitely just butchered his name. My bad, my guy. But he's been looking really good in training camp so far. And he's like a sneaky good depth receiver that might have an impact on this team this year. And a lot of people from the outside of Cincinnati, the media, are saying that it's a steal that the Bengals got him in the sixth round. I mean, I've watched some highlights of him in Princeton. If you go on YouTube, he's about 6'3", about 205, and, and he can play. And I think he's going he's gonna to surprise some people. I don't think he's going to surprise me because watching his film after the Bengals drafted him, I was like, wow, like, <laughs> you're going to give, you're going to you're going to give the Bengals a 6-3 type of receiver with already the, the receiving core they have. I'm like, okay, thank you very much. So that was, <laughs> that was very, I was very, very excited for that draft pick, honestly. I think a lot of, not a lot of people are talking about it, but I know I am, and I think it's very, very intriguing. And I got to get this guy's first and last name right. So next podcast, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. So I think they're calling him Yoshi. You know, the Mario Kart, Yoshi. Man, great game. But that's his nickname. So... Yoshi, I'm going to get your name right, okay? It's going to happen in the next podcast. Okay, so they announced the Bengals' first depth chart of camp, and I am going to read out the depth chart that the Bengals rolled out this past week. So, receivers, you got Jamar Chase, Trent Irwin, Stanley Morgan and Malachi Carter. And then you got Tyler Boyd, Trent Taylor, Charlie Jones, and Matt Mac. It is Hype Hippie Hammer. Wow, what a name. What a last name. <laughs> then you got T. Higgins. You got Kwame Laster the second. And you got Yoshi. And you got Shredrick Jackson. Quarterback, obviously, Joe Burrow is not on the depth chart because he's injured. You got Trevor Simeon. You got Jake Brownie. And you got Reed Sinet. And then running backs, you got Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, Chris Evans, Chase Brown, Jacob Sailors, and Calvin Tyler Jr., and then tight ends, you got Irv Smith Jr., Drew Sample, Devin Asaya, Tanner Hudson, Nick Bowers, Christian Tyran, and then Mitchell Wilcox is on the I. He's on the physical unable to perform list right now. And then for the defense, okay, you got when it comes to the left defensive end. Edge area. You got Sam Hubbard, Cam Sample, Miles Murphy, the Bengals first round pick out of Clemson, and then Raymond Johnson, the third. And then a nose tackle, you got big DJ Reader, Josh Tupa, Jay Tufali, and then a name that I'm probably going to butcher once again, 
oh, not once again, but name I'm going to butcher because I am not good at pronouncing names. We got Tatala Pisafaya Jr. My bad, my guy. I hope you do well during the preseason. And defensive tackles, you got B.J. Hill, Zach Carter, and Dominique Davis. And then the right edge, you got Trey, Blackout Trey Hendrickson, and then Joseph Osaya, and then you got Tyrell Basham, Jeff Gunter, and Owen Cammie. Linebackers, you got Logan Wilson, Marcus Bailey, Joe Bashi, you got Shaka Hayward, and Tyler Murray. And then you got Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Keandre Jones, Jalen Moody. And then for the cornerbacks, you got Mike Hilton, Jalen Davis, Cam Taylor-Britt, Sidney Jones, Alan George, Chinadu Awuzie, DJ Turner II, Marvell Tell, Marvell Tell III, DJ Ivy, Nick Scott with the safety room, Jordan Battle, Larry Brooks, Dax Hill, Michael J. Thomas, Tyson Anderson, and Wysuf Crooker. What? These names are unbelievable. And then for special teams, you got Drew Christman, Brad Robbins, Evan McPherson as the kicker, Cal Adamitis as the long snapper, and then the holder, Drew Christman and Brad Robbins. And then punt return, you got Trent Taylor, Charlie Jones, and then a kick return, you got Chris Evans, Charlie Jones, Trent Irwin, Trayvon Williams, and Kwame Lasser II. Butchered that name once again. So, that is your Cincinnati Bengals first edition of Camp Depth Chart. So, Bengals and Packers are taking, taking on each other in the first preseason game on Friday night at Paycor Stadium. That's a 7.30 p.m. start that game will be on nfl network if you don't have nfl network if you have local 12 if you live in the cincinnati area they will broadcast that game on that station like i said the Bengals and pra- Bengals and packers had a joint practice on wednesday and on thursday some stuff that i looked for in that practice and stuff that i jotted down trey hendrickson he had like six sacks on Wednesday. And also, the reason why we're calling him Blackout Trey is because Trey has a motor and he is one he's a, he, he's one crazy son of a bitch. And sometimes he'll lose it out there and start fights and start talking shit. And that's what he did. And then the Packers and Bengals had commotion. That's going to happen in joint practices. Chad Johnson. Bengals Ring of Honor guy, a.k.a. Chad Ochocinco, whatever Chad goes by these days. He was at the practice on Wednesday, so it was good to see him. He was chopping it up with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. And then the Bengals defense had a really good day. Cornerback Mike Hilton said that the Bengals defense just wrecked havoc. Hilton had a pick six in one of the practices. And then, obviously, the pushing and subbing <laughs> towards the end, that's going to happen. So, Bengals, Packers, Friday night. I will definitely be watching the game. And uh, the results of preseason games don't mean shit. I am just going to be watching for the rookies 
and players that are on the bubble to make their 53-man roster. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. And then next week's podcast, I'm going to recap the game and pick out the players that caught my eye and, yeah, and just go from there. So that is the Bengals training camp week three update. Man, it's flying by, guys. Opening day is just around the corner. Or opening kickoff, whatever you call it, when it comes to week one NFL. It's right around the corner, so it's good times. Good times away. All right. Let's talk about our Cincinnati Reds. Oh, man. Oh, man. We are definitely in the dog days of August, or you can say the dog days of summer. And that's usually the case when it comes to baseball. And our Cincinnati Reds, after getting their asses smacked in Chicago against the Cubs last week, where they lost the last three games of that four-game set by a combined 41 to 18 when it comes to allowing 41 runs in that span. 34 total runs in back-to-back games. Jesus. Then you come back from that 10-game road trip and you proceeded to come home to take on the Washington Nationals at Great American Ballpark for three games last weekend. And you're thinking, and also myself is thinking, okay, we got our asses pretty much fucked. Sorry, family, family podcast. We got fucked in Chicago. So I'm thinking, okay, let's just take care of business against the Nationals. A sweep would be nice, but I just want them to win the series. The Reds did not only, they didn't lose the series. They got swept by the Washington Nationals. This is not your 2019 Washington Nationals that won the World Series. This is the Nationals team. Now, granted, okay, before they play the Reds, they won two out of three against the Milwaukee Brewers at home, including a dramatic fashion victory in the rubber match. So the Nationals are a very pesky team. But if you're the Reds, you need to you 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 needed to win that series. And you didn't. You got swept by the Nationals. It, you you scored a grand total of nine runs against the Washington Nationals. With all due respect to our nation capital, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing? And you can't really blame the Reds pitching right now because since the All-Star break, the Reds offense has been really, really, really bad. It has been. Now, the Reds had the Miami Marlins who are struggling, but they're still in the NL wildcard chase. That's going to be one hell of an ending toward the last week of the season. The Miami Marlins have not played really good baseball. They got pretty much fucked in Texas against the Rangers before they came to Cincinnati. The Reds won the first game on Monday night, and then they lost a very disappointing game on Tuesday. But even more disappointing, they lost on Wednesday in the rubber match where the Reds were up 4-1. Graham Ashcraft pitched a gem. 
You go to the bullpen, you're thinking, okay, we're going to win this game. You, the Reds going to you know, lock this down, take two out of three. All right, we're going to get sole possession of third spot of the NL wild card. And you know what the Reds proceeded to do in the last two innings of that game? They allow a tying three-run home run of Josh Bell. And then the other De La Cruz from the Marlins in Alexis Diaz, first pitch of the ninth inning connected on a home run that went to right field bullpen. And the Reds lose probably, that was the toughest loss of the season right there. Five to four. You're trying to tell me that you went one and five combined against the Nationals and Marlins? That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. And that was just, that was, that was a tough one. That, 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 was, the, that was the most gut-wrenching loss of the season. And right now, as we sit and as I record this podcast on August 10th, 2023, right now the Cincinnati Reds sit, let's go to the division standings first, Right now, the Reds are now two and a half games out of the NL Central leading Milwaukee Brewers. The Cubs are in second place because they have the tiebreaker over the Reds. No, actually, I'm sorry. They have have less losses than the Reds. So the Reds right now are two and a half games out of first place in the NL Central. Okay, not too bad, but the Reds have been really struggling lately. Let's go to the wild card, which is just bunch up together. So, the three wildcard spots are preceded or they're occupied by the Phillies, who are playing really good baseball right now, and then the Giants, and then the Miami Marlins have the last spot because they took two out of three from the Reds. So, right now, the Reds and Cubs are a half game out of the third spot in the National League wildcard. Hmm. <sighs> And it's not going to get any easier for the Reds. Right now, the Reds have a day off as I record this podcast on a Thursday, thank God. And they have three games in Pittsburgh starting Friday night. And then they come back home for two games against the Cleveland Indians. I'm sorry, the Guardians. So two games against the Indians. And then, did that on purpose. And then they have a three-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays next weekend. And then the daunted West Coast trip to close out the month of August with three against the Los Angeles Angels and Shohei Atani, and then four against the Diamondbacks who are battling for a wildcard spot, and then three against the Giants who are also occupying one of those three wildcard spots in the National League. Man, I'm going to give you guys some, some perspective on this Reds team. They have exceeded expectations, okay? Right now, they're 60-57. and 57. I believe I had this team only winning, I'm going to say, between 63 and 65 wins. They're definitely going to exceed that. I hope they do. But the 12-game winning streak in June, that was great. Don't get me wrong. Was that a mirage? I don't think so. I think they, listen, they won a lot of run-run games in that stretch and they were hitting the baseball well the Reds have gone through some weird stretches during the season it's like first the pitching wasn't good and then the hitting was really good 
Now it's like, okay, the pitching is pitching decently, but the hitting has gone to shit. And right now, Ellie De La Cruz, they're, they're keeping him in the leadoff spot. They got to do away with that because dude's just striking out at a very high rate. It's kind of... It's kind of annoying that whenever he gets up in the plate, I just feel like it's either going to be a, a hard hit ball or he's going to strike out on a bad pitch. Now, he's 21 years old. He's only been in the majors for two and a half months. He's going to have those. He's going to have growing pains. Okay. Will he learn from him? Yes. Yes. He's young. He's young. But I think the Reds need to just not put him in the leadoff spot. Put him back in a three to four hole because I feel like dude's putting too much pressure on himself. I'm not David Bell, and I don't want to be David Bell because sometimes this man's decision making it can be a little, little wild, and that's just putting it nicely. I can say a lot of things that is very not nice, but I'm just gonna just just not saying it. But it's not good that the Reds' offense is really faltering lately and you have Jake Fraley in the IL apparently Will Benson has a back issue Jonathan India has a heel issue apparently India might be back in the lineup on Friday in Pittsburgh he is traveling with the team to Pittsburgh so that's good news put him in a put him in a leadoff spot fuck it like at this point yeah the the you can see you can tell and I called this the bullpen it's it's gassed man it's gassed like Alexis Diaz either he's gassed or he's hurt man like come on now you don't allow you don't allow those runs against the Miami Rollins with all due respect and obviously you got Sam Mole from the A's you know you you add in a left hand pitcher in the pen but still like that bullpen is gassed Jabot has been. He's hit or miss, but he's actually pitched decently this year. It's just, <sighs> and then you have Hunter Green still, you know, is he going to come back soon? And Nick Lodolo's status, and Grant Mashcraft finally looks like his old self from last year. He's pitching great. He has an ERA over two in his last eight starts. Brandon Williamson has made such a big improvement over the second half of the season. And then Luke Weaver's Luke Weaver. I don't know why that man is still on that rotation, but fuck it. I don't I don't know. You're not going to bring up Connor Phillips right now. I mean, Nick Crawl did say last week that they're not even going to plan on bringing him for the September call-up. So it's just what I'm trying to say is that this was going to happen. They were going to go through a rough stretch towards the middle of summer. It's unfortunate that it's happening when they're in the playoff race. And this is a young team. Could they be gassed? Sure. But they're just, you would, I don't know. It's just, it's tough right now, but I know you guys, I know some of y'all don't want to hear, well, yeah, I'm not trying to wait two to three years from now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're way ahead of schedule. They are. They are. But brighter days is ahead, and I think this team just needs to take it one game at a time. And I know you guys are not trying to hear that because it's like, oh, I want them to go to the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. Yes, if they just take it one game at a time, and maybe this off day is a blessing. I think it is. They need a day off, and I don't know if that's going to help them in Pittsburgh or against the Guardians or the Blue Jays, but it's a young team. I think they're, I think they're waiting for something to happen, and they weren't doing that 
when they were riding high in the beginning of summer. Now, with them struggling, they're just waiting for something to happen. And you just can't do that, you know? So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still going to watch them. They're still a fun team to watch. Right now, it's not fun. But it, anything can happen. Baseball is a weird fucking sport. It really is. And it's a long-ass season. You're going to go through highs. You're going to go through lows. You're going to go through just like a mixture of like, we had a great-ass week then. And then we're having a bad week, you know, the next. It's just, it's a weird sport. And the momentum train just changes with baseball. So every game is going to be tough from here on out. I don't care if you're playing against the Pirates. You're playing against the fucking Royals. It's baseball. And the teams that are out of playoff contention, they want to knock off the teams that are battling for the division, battling for a wild card spot, et cetera, et cetera. So keep watching this Reds team, okay? It's... They're still a fun team to watch. Right now, it sucks, but let's just hope this day off can be beneficial for them. I don't know. The team looks tired. If they can, you know what? If they if they go off and just ring, just stack up wins, you know, these next two weeks, I, that won't surprise me. But if they continue to skid and, you know drop further and further in the standings. It won't surprise me. Will I be disappointed? Sure. But I'm not going to like be like, oh my God, I'm going to just jump off a fucking river. No, no. Future is still bright for Cincinnati Reds baseball. So that's pretty much my perspective. Probably don't want to hear it, but relax, okay? We're still Reds fans, which I hope you guys are. If you're jumping off the bandwagon, bye. But to the OG Reds fans, you knew this was going to happen, okay? You knew they were going to go through the stretch. It sucks that it's happening right now during playoff contention race. But just keep watching them. And baseball, anything can happen. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for this podcast. I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast every single week. And, yeah, it's, gonna, it's only going to get better, man. Bengals. Hopefully, the Reds are still in contention by September. And then we got UC football season coming up. And it'll be basketball season. New era of Cincinnati Bearcats athletics going to a new conference in the Big 12. And then you see a bunch of uh, these teams in different conferences going to the, you know, the SEC, Big 12. It's just a lot right now. Conference alignment in college sports. So... That's something to look forward to during the fall season. So lots, lots to talk about there. So I love you guys. Appreciate you guys listening. And leave a review. Leave a five star. Tell me what you think of this episode. And you guys have a good weekend. I am out. Love you guys. Peace.